0: back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Ian Simpkins. My name is Brian Fromm. Thank you for joining us on this Friday evening. You can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show, on Twitter at Common Good Talk, and find our podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. Well... Ian and I, as pastors and radio guys, we like to talk, but we more like to talk to other people. Sometimes it's tiresome talking to each other. And so part of our most fun part about this job is having fascinating people come through. And so we are grateful for Michelle Wilkins to join us. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
1: Okay, so this should be... Easy, but it's sometimes a little bit hard for writers to, to talk about themselves in a, a short manner. Mm. Um, but I am a local writer. I live in Aurora with my husband. Um, we were recently married in August. Ian actually married us.
2: Beautiful oh. ceremony, oh. by it the, was the way. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, so that homily. Other than the officiant, <laughs> it was a perfect day.
1: Um, so yeah, I'm a copywriter by trade. So I work for a social media software company called Sprout Social, and I've been there for almost three years now. Uh, before that, I was in advertising. I was writing for a bunch of big brands. I won't I won't name them just mm-hmm. in case like legal reasons. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just have always been a writer. Have always enjoyed um, just sharing stories and trying. It's also the only thing I've ever really been good at. Um, <laughs> I was the kind of student that was like C and D student for math and science, but oh, like wow. A A, and A plus student for reading and writing. And so it's always just been something that I enjoy and something that people seem to think I'm pretty good at. That's so great.
2: I'll totally agree. You are very good. And we're <laughs> we're going to get you. into that. But I just wanted the record to show.
1: <laughs> you wanted it out
2: there. Yeah, people can't see you flip oh, your hair. Oh, yeah. Out. Okay.
1: Sorry. I was... Flair, adding Flair. Thank you. <laughs> Dust my shoulders off.
2: We do that all the time. Um, I'm wondering if you could, I know a, a good deal of it, but could you just share some of your story and your faith journey? Because I think that helps frame some of your writing, especially what you've been writing recently. So sure. could you just give us some of that context?
1: Yeah. So I was raised Catholic. Um, uh, my parents, and my brother, we were all really involved in church um, growing up. Uh, and the the Catholic church that I went to didn't have a student sort of ministry. And so mm. for me, like faith and religion and God was always, um, my family mm. and it was that foundation that I had. But when I went away to college and I was sort of out of that bubble and out of their influence, um, I just sort like slowly started, uh, drifting away mm. and I didn't have, you know, I joined a sorority and I was of like hanging out with people and maybe doing things that um, weren't in line with the way I was raised, but I didn't care because I was having fun. Right, and, right. Um, and I think it just opens you up to I was meeting a lot of people and I was like, well, these people are good. And you, maybe you don't have to believe. Right. Just that, that I think, um, I don't know, crisis that you have maybe when you grow up sort of in the religion bubble. Um, and so I think I just for the all of college and afterwards, I just was slowly I still believed. Hmm. Um, but. My, I wasn't living it. Mm. And uh, then in 2013, uh, I met a guy, every story, good story starts that way. <laughs> or maybe not every yeah. great story starts that way. Um, and he was a, an atheist. And he was the first um, person that I had ever um, been interested in that didn't believe at all. Mm. And at that point, I was so far away. I mean, I, I guess I still believed, but it didn't matter really to me. And it didn't dictate how I was living my life. And I liked him, and it didn't matter to me. Um, and we dated for three years, and over the course of that relationship, I um, I fell away pretty hard mm. and started reading some of the books that he was reading, Richard Dawkins. I got really into the atheist movement. Um, and at that point, I, I had kind of came to this realization that I was like, I don't know if I ever really believed. Did mm. I really believe because... I was raised this way and right. I actually got kind of resentful. I felt like my parents had never really given me a choice hmm. and I, I went on this. I don't know. I was trying to find truth, but I don't think that I wanted to find Christianity. I, I said hmm. that I was searching to see what I really believed, but I didn't want it to be Christianity. Right. Um, and so uh, that relationship, like I said, lasted for three years. Um, when we broke up, I hit, rock bottom pretty quickly mm. um i had i had sort of isolated myself during that relationship i had shared my new beliefs with my parents and um that was a really hard time for us as a family my mom just would cry every time we'd talk about it mm. and i i essentially had gotten to a place where i said i didn't believe i i mean i had been su- such a like i guess a believer when i was younger and i had gotten to this place where i was like None of this is real mm. you you know you force this on me. The Bible is a bunch of you know bull yeah. and uh, <laughs> I just like i i was I was angry and and I loved my boyfriend and I wanted right. to be in that sort of place and anyway, so uh when we broke up i had my family wasn't around me i didn't have a lot of friends, mm. and so I was like, okay, how am i going how am I going to deal with this I was right. living in the city. I was isolated from everyone, so I, like, tried to make new friends. I started going out and drinking a lot, hmm. and, um, obviously that never leads to good decisions, <laughs> and, um, I think, like, pretty mercifully, like, I hit my rock bottom pretty quick after that. It was only a couple of months, basically, for my whole life to sort of unravel. Wow. Um, super depressed, super lonely, hmm. um, drinking a ton, making not good decisions um, as one does when they're getting drunk every night. Right. Um, and I just woke up one day after a, a particularly bad blackout mm. and I was worried about the things that I had done the night before and basically just had that moment, right? Yeah, Where I was right. just like, oh my gosh, I have, I don't know what I'm doing with what my life. What is happening, yeah, right. and, and it was a really scary place to be and I called my mom. She's the only Ooh. person that I really felt like... Um, would listen to me or would, would have any good advice. And she was so loving and so, mm. you know, gracious in her acceptance. And it wasn't like a, I told you so it was, right. she cried with me. And uh, I was just like, I essentially like the first step of, you know, the 12 steps in alcohol, mm-hmm. alcoholism is like, I admit that I am just powerless over yeah. my life. I ha I don't know what I'm doing. And she was like, well, you got to pray. Mm. And I was like, but well, I don't believe in God. How can I pray? Right. And she's like, you got to pray anyway Mm. and that that like conversation was like pivotal like that morning i remember where i was um and i was just like oh man i don't know what to say (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to say i don't know how to pray i don't know where to look i was like do i look (laughs) at my face Uh, (laughs) do i get a picture of him yeah and so i just i just sat on the bed and i remember just being like all right i don't know if you're real i don't know Mm. you know where you are what you're doing but i need help And it was like that simple, essentially. Um, At least that prayer was that simple. Mm. And after that, just, I mean, I guess I could could tell the long story, (laughs) the long (laughs) version of the story, the short version. Um, But I started um, just seeking him um, day by day. I was reading books that my mom had given me. Mm. Um, I read a book by Richard Rohr, uh, Mm. Breathing Underwater, I think it is. Um, And just learning about... spirituality and addiction and and all of the the pain that I was feeling and eventually one of the biggest steps for me was like okay I need to be with my family right that 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 isolation was I feel like really hurting me and hmm. being in the city and my nephew had just been born, and so I moved out to the suburbs, and I moved into an apartment complex that was across from Community Christian Church. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I didn't know, when I had chosen that place, my brother and sister-in-law had said, oh, well, we go to church there, the, the yellow box. You're like, that's and a church? I didn't even know. <laughs> it's a big yellow box. <laughs> right, right. And so I, I went, I had actually tried a couple of other churches before that, but um, when I went there, I think it was the first time that I was there. Uh, Lucas and Evelyn saying Do It Again, which mm. is an Elevation Worship Church, that undid me. Mm. And I just remember crying so hard and just being like, this is it. Like, this is that moment for me. And wow. I, I didn't miss a Sunday service for <laughs> probably a year after that. Wow. Like I, and just ever since then, he has changed my life in a lot mm.
2: of ways. That's yeah. remarkable. I love that story.
0: Thank you for sharing yeah, all sure. of that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that and I'm sure there's people out there who definitely needed to hear that. I'm curious um this intensity of like this transformation, right? This intense how uh, speak to does that wear off or like th- is that something you still long for? Like how mm-hmm. does that work now that you're a couple years out and being a Christian's a little more normal? I'm wondering what that's like.
1: The, sorry, repeat the intensity of
0: like, uh, like going from rock bottom to meeting oh. God. And now now it's probably a little more normal like oh. being a Christian. I'm wondering if that's weird at all or if you still have that in your mind.
1: I still cry pretty regularly. Mm. I, it still feels very fresh to me. Mm. I, I know that um, even though it's been a couple of years, uh, when that song plays, I cry every time. I feel very connected to a lot of the things that happened. And I, and I think, I hope that it never, I hope that I never get numb to that feeling. Yeah. I hope I always feel as... Um, Undone and unbelievably happy And grateful for what happened to me I hope that it always feels that fresh Because I think when you forget it is when you You start to become less grateful Yeah,
0: Absolutely, I really appreciate you telling your story I think there's people out there that need to hear it mm -hmm. Who are in that similar spot So you listen to Michelle Wilkins She is going to stay with us for another segment Uh, We're going to jump into all sorts of different things That she's written and uh, see where the conversation goes That's coming up next year on The Common Good AM 1160, Hope for Your Life Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160 Hope for Your Life. Alongside Ian Simpkins, my name is Brian Fromm, and we're uh, excited to be joined by Michelle Wilkins. She was in uh, last segment. If you missed it, I couldn't encourage you more to go back to the uh, to the podcast or go to yes. 1160hope.com and you can listen to that. Michelle uh, told us her kind of life story and her coming to faith, and it was really encouraging. I want to talk a little bit more about your writing. Uh, two questions. One, where can people find you? Mm-hmm. So if they want to write, if they're like, man, I'm really intrigued by what she has to say, where can they find you? And, and maybe, who Who's that demographic that you're writing to? Mm -hmm. Who is kind of your target audience as you're writing that you're thinking about?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, definitely where you can find me now is on an online publication called Medium, Mm -hmm. um, medium medium.com. And then if you just search Michelle Wilkins in there, some of my articles will probably pop up. Um, I have tried my own blogs before and I feel like I've started and stopped like a million yeah. blogs. <laughs> Same, just, totally. I have a hard time finding that niche, like finding who I'm talking about and what I want to talk about. I think, um, God has done so much in my life and sort of healed me in a lot of different areas. I mm. sometimes struggle to figure out what, what part I want to talk about and what part of my life that I want to talk the most about. So what I've been doing re- recently is just trying to, um, take inspiration just from conversations that I'm having with people, mm. um, even in my own life, like certain things that have happened. I'm like, oh, that would make a good article. Um, and usually who I think I'm talking to or who I'd like to be talking to, I <laughs> guess, um, because I'm sharing a lot of these articles on my Facebook page, um, you know, all of us, our Facebook uh, friends list is just a giant list of everybody that we've ever met since college. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sometimes
2: earlier. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: For me, and so, um, you know, since I recommitted my life back to christ only a couple of years ago most of that the people on that list are Mm non-believers and so i kind of see that as a really special opportunity to be able to share some of these messages um or at least expose people to those messages um in a way that they probably wouldn't really come unless they were seeking it out yeah for Uh, sure and so I, i i'd like to think that i'm i'm Speaking more to like where I was maybe yeah. five or six years ago. That's good. Yeah,
2: that's really good. Well, you've written a bunch this year in particular, mm-hmm. like starting. You said this is part of a new writing goal. Some of yeah. the titles you have: five dumb reasons not to be kind to someone, <laughs> where's God in our pain and suffering? That's one that we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot. But the one that I want to get sort of your feedback on a little bit, and so your insight. You wrote this one called "Forgive Them, Forgive Them All," and it's I just found it so powerful. It doesn't uh, hurt that you're just a really. A really talented writer anyway, but it's true. But I think (laughs) that the the subject matter and the tone is so good. Talk to me a little bit about that article, why you wrote it, what kind of your hope for that is in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think the forgiveness article for me was one of the instances where it was a a personal um, Mm, experience or I guess a couple of personal experiences. I was um, just noticing how forgiveness had been um, a really powerful tool for healing for me in a Mm. couple of different areas. Um, and what I thought was interesting is that it's it, it was helping me in just some of the smallest situations, whether mm. it was frustrations of my morning commute, um, dealing with social media trolls. Um, <laughs> Those and, exist? Yeah, I guess. And now for, I, I'm like, I'm so nice. Why are you yelling at me? Um, but, and then also in like some pretty deep rooted hurts as well. Mm. And um, just kind of being like seeing how God and, and this practice of, of sort of radical Forgiveness mm. and um, how it was helping me get through these situations. And I was like, man, I wish, um, you know, some people in my life maybe had this same understanding or, or were right. able to sort of use that as well to kind of use it as a tool for healing. Um, and so that, that's where I was coming from. I was like, I feel like God wants me to tell people about this. Mm. I, he's not, I, I, about everything that I'm writing about, I know that He's healing me, but not just for my own benefit. Like, I don't think He's just trying to make me have this amazing life. I mm. think He's saying, uh, learn the lesson and then teach it.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Why do you, speaking of forgiveness, sounds like you've done a lot of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes, we had this discussion, I believe on yesterday's show, maybe two days ago about, uh, we all know in our minds forgiveness brings healing to us, but a lot of times I think I even admitted I would have chosen bitterness in this one mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. we were discussing. Uh, why do you think forgiveness is so hard practically for people to embrace?
1: That's a really good question. Mm. I think um, I think a lot of people just don't think that people deserve it. Hmm. I think that we are all sort of judging whether or not people deserve our forgiveness and and wanting people, and maybe this sounds kind of harsh, but wanting people to sort of pay for for what they've done. I talk about in the article about how really self-defeating that is in the end and how you think that you're sort of holding people accountable for it. But especially for hurts that have been years gone, those people don't really probably even think about you anymore. You're the only person that's being hurt by it at that and. um and yeah, just like with the the Instagram troll, you know, it's just he he had given me so much anxiety and I was so mad at him. And I was like, this is just some random dude from like grade school. Like, I can't let him have this power over me. Right. Um, but, you know, he was being kind of a jerk. And mm. so I think a lot of people would say like he was being a jerk. It was him. He was wrong. You know, right. I, right. I, I, I don't know. I think maybe because people think that forgiveness only hap- needs to happen when someone has... Um, like really hurt you, but I think you can forgive in a lot of other instances too. Totally, I think you can forgive people when they make you mad. I think when they make you impatient, when mm. they're when they don't even do anything to you and they're just being and it's annoying. Like <laughs> you can forgive people in so many different instances. That's right. why I think it's like kind of silly. I say in there like hmm. forgiving the woman who cut me off like on the train. It's yeah. like ah, that's so annoying. But like oh, bless her, yeah, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and it helps.
2: Well, and the the uh, you know the adage about unforgiveness is like drinking poison expecting mm-hmm. the other person to die Absolutely. you know like half the time they're not even thinking about it it's yep. just eating me up inside whether right. it's something small or something big it doesn't mean that something bad wasn't done to you it's not yeah. diminishing the wrong that was done to you it's saying nope I'm taking bolt cutters to the chain that connects the wrong that you've done to me and I think that so beautifully comes out in this which actually I think corresponds to this other one probably your highest uh, mm. traffic article the one about kindness yeah. which is a topic he and I Brian and I have talked about a number of times there's the Samuel Johnson quote that I've always loved, where he said. Kindness is in our power, even when fondness is not. Mm. And in this age where everyone's like, "I'm mad at you," no, y'all mad at you, and I disagree, and we vote differently, and we believe differently. Like, yeah. what inspired you to write about something like kindness that I think is so needed? And then, what mm. are what are some of the big like takeaways for our listeners?
1: I think um, I think just looking around every once in a while and noticing just even in like restaurants and how people treat servers, and just in all these like everyday situations, realizing how uncommon kindness is now, unfortunately, which is really sad. And Mm. I think it is such a a big opportunity for um, Christians to sort of be able to shine that light is people will notice now, I think more often when someone is being kind. Mm. And for me, definitely, it's just like trying to show kindness in situations where most people don't or where many people don't. And then hoping that that's sort of living out our faith in a way that people take note of feeling. yeah that's yeah. really
2: good
0: With a little bit of the time that we have left uh in the first segment you talked about just hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. and what god has done in your life uh there probably are people out there listening right now who are at rock bottom and are yeah. really wrestling i want to just give you kind of a platform to talk to them as they kind of wrestle maybe they somehow just came across this show on the radio and are listening yeah. talk to that person out there who feels like you know they're at rock bottom right now
1: yeah i would um I'd, I'd probably do two things. One, I'd plug to read a few of my articles, because I talk mm-hmm. a lot about, I'm always very open about where I where I was and how low I was. I will just say that you are, A, never too far away from God. You are never too far away from redemption or mm-hmm. healing. Um, and also, just just ask for help. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might not be God right away. If you're not there yet, ask a friend. Ask um, somebody at work. Just reach out. Just don't be afraid to just ask and just put out that like, um, warning sign to somebody. Mm, Um, and then, yeah, don't be afraid to, 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 I don't know if, if it is that you're afraid to talk to God, just talk out loud Mm -hmm. and just, just lift up your, even if it's not a prayer, just just try. Pray yeah. anyway. That's yeah. what I would say. Anyway I would say good. what my mom said to me. It's just like, anyway. you don't have to believe you don't have to be in a certain place. Um, and one, I'd say also, I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I get it. I know how hard it can be when you're um, in that place. But uh, I'm sort of living proof. And there's so many people who are living proof that healing is possible. Right. Um, and I remember crying myself to sleep for nights for, for months and just waiting for this. And now I, I look at my life and I just see that... Hmm. There is my life before God and there is my life after God. Mm-hmm. And it's it's everything.
2: Well, and your prayer in response to your mom's suggestion, I think, is such a powerful, just simply God help.
1: I just need help. right?
2: Yeah. If, that's what, if that's what you have, start there. Mm-hmm. Just God, if you're there,
1: yeah.
2: help. I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing for sure. all that with us. Yeah. That was wonderful. Thank Michelle, us. thank you so much for coming in mm-hmm. and doing
0: this. It's it's easy to talk about other things, but talk about your own life. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we we'll really sure. appreciate it. Please, please keep writing, okay? Yes. I will. Yes. You I can will. listen to Michelle Wilkins. Uh, you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
1: Uh, yeah, but don't. But don't do it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: but I have been doing yeah,
1: very don't. much with my Twitter. Yeah,
0: she's <laughs> a very different person on Twitter. Yeah. Like,
2: she's Alter a troll ego. on Twitter. Other people.
0: <laughs> um, no. Michelle, we really appreciate news. Thank you doing this. Thanks for coming in. Thanks Absolutely.
1: So for and Simpkins, I'm Brian Fromm. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.